You're listening to Danny and Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. I'll be talking to the Mariners GM here. Coming up in just a second. And it's it's been a tough week for the Mariners. Getting a little bit better. They've been allowed out of timeout. Like, we, we've, we've made that decision, correct, Paul? They were placed into timeout yesterday after the sort of back-breaking stomach punch of a loss on Tuesday. They're still struggling to score runs, but they get a walk-off victory last night. you got to feel pretty good about that. They need to score more runs. I have a hard time feeling a lot better about last night's victory because, look, they're, they're really just struggling to score right now. And, I mean, some guys are hitting. You know, you're seeing Jared Kelnick pick things up. But I, I am just getting tired of, of the complete issues that they're having at the plate. I mean, this is Texas. You should be able to score. It's Danny and Gallant, and we are joined now by Jerry Depoto, who's with us on the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline. And First of all, Jerry, thanks, as always, for taking the time to join us. You got it, guys. Jared Kelnick has a heck of a double last night. We're going to talk to him coming up at 930, and I thought that was a good place to start because we've seen some, whether it's more consistent success, there's been talks about changing his, his stance or other adjustments that he's made. From your perspective, what are you seeing from your young center fielder? I think a lot of improvement and and just generally a change in his mentality. We we you know Jared is a very intense player and that hasn't changed, but he's managing it in a much more productive way. And you know you see it in last night's game. That's a, that's not a traditional double. That, that's a hustle double that that you know his intensity, his drive really created. And I think his swing has been in a really good place, but I think his his mind has been in an even better place. In the last two, three weeks, he's been very good. We've also been seeing some really hot play out of Abraham Toro to his early start with the Mariners. What is it about him that has allowed him to maintain the level of success that he has had right out of the shooting? I mean, even in that series against the Mariners when he was still with the Astros. Yeah, and this, you know, we, we've talked about this a little bit. This dates back to June when, when he came up to replace, you know, then injured Alex Bregman. He's been really good since that point and, you know, just fabulous since he joined the Mariners. I think two things really stand out with Abraham. One is just the awareness of where his the barrel is, you know, where his the bat barrel is in the strike zone. And then his strike zone judgment. You know, he knows what pitches to swing at. And, and I, I think in general that, skill set always plays it's a it's he's got some power he's a switch hitter with feel from both sides he uses the field to hit he can run as we've seen he can play defense there's a there's a lot of things to really like about abraham but the two things are really strike zone awareness and barrel awareness that just jump off the page we're talking to jerry depoto jerry i want to go back to jared's sort of mindset because you your familiarity with the game one one of the things I love about baseball is the different mentality that can lead to success. Every guy has their own way of approaching it, whether it was Tony Gwynn, who is as amiable uh, a personality as you're ever going to encounter, to other people who are more intense and radiated that. Does does Jared's personality, does his intensity, does it remind you of anyone or of there other players that you've seen that, that played with that, that kind of fire? 
Oh, yeah, I think so. There there have been players through the years that span from, you know, like the Brett Phillips super carefree and, and you know, I'm, I'm living my best life to, to Jared who, you know, really grinds through it and, and is focused and intent on, on being great. And, and I think each one of the players in between has their own way of dealing with it. And you know, it reminds me a little bit of a former teammate of mine, Jeff Kent, who, you know, wound up becoming an NL MVP, had a great career. And, you know, he, he was that same way, so focused and driven every day when he woke up to, to go to the ballpark and, and, and beat somebody. Uh, and more than that, to, to maximize his own skill set. I, I think those are things that really leap out with, with JK. And, and I, I could point to other players through the years who had a lot of those same, you know, intense qualities. You know, among whom I, Albert Pujols had a lot of those same focus and drive qualities that, that made him great. And, and I think that's, that, that portends good things for Jerry. Since the start of the month, it's been tough for the Mariners to score runs. And, you know, going back to Toro, obviously adding him has definitely given the offense a bit of a boost. Do you look back at this past weekend series against New York, though, and maybe wonder is there anything that we could have done more to add bats, I'm sure that you were making all sorts of phone calls before the trade deadline. It does feel, though, at this point in time that runs are just really hard to come by for this team. Yeah, they have been. I think the you know even headed into the final days of the, the deadline, we were engaged with, with quite a few teams on a lot of players, most of whom by the end you know, would have qualified as short-term solutions. Uh, we, we weren't able to, to drive it home either – a not willing to give up the, the the requested I guess ransom, or B we just fell short of what somebody else was willing to do. I guess that going out on a ten day road trip and losing six out of ten, and, and I believe we lost by a collective seven runs. We just we, we had a really tough time scoring, and they were playoff atmosphere type games, and, and I think it was a great experience for our guys. But it's, uh, I I can't really say that we would have been in a in an an incredibly different situation if we would have made one trade on Friday. We we played hard. We were playing very good teams, and yeah, you know, it's a sometimes you, you live by the sword, die by the sword. We have been on the good side of a lot of one run wins, and this uh, this past week we're on the bad side of a lot of one run losses, and that's a, that's part of the price you pay. Jerry, you've talked to us before about kind of a thousand at bats being a general benchmark for knowing what a player what a guy's going to do at, at the major league level or having a good idea, a sense for who he is. I was looking through the, the roster right now among your hitters and you basically got three guys in your everyday lineup right now that have a thousand at bats in, in it over the course of their career, Seager, Hanniger, And then I think JP Crawford's there now though. JP doesn't have there's, I'm not sure if he has many seasons, any seasons with more than 500 at bats. How good a sense do you have for what kind of offense this group will eventually produce? I have a growing sense. And, you know, we do, we do track players effectively against history and against themselves. And, and I do think that a thousand, you know, at bats is a pretty good barometer by which to measure, you know, what, what a player is doing or will do. They usually tell you over the course of that amount of time, which is a little short of two seasons. Uh, and, and I think, you know, what you're suggesting or bringing up, Danny, is, is reflective of where we think we are in this rebuild. We're just a little over two seasons into this rebuild. And, and we are just a little over one season into introducing a lot of these young players to the big leagues. So uh, we've, we've 
cautioned throughout and we've pounded it internally, hey, discipline is the shortcut. We're going to stay focused on on the plan. We're not going to deviate and we're going to give these players opportunity when they need a breather. We're going to give them a breather. But this is our chance to develop a young core. And we think we're seeing that. Whether it's the, you know, the more recent play for, for Jared Kelnick, it was you know, last year's contribution in the early season uh, look at Kyle Lewis. Unfortunately, he's not out there. It's the, it's the growth of J.P. Crawford. It's, the, you know, it's, it's what we're seeing here with, with Abraham Toro, who, you know, who is 24 years old. And he's part of this you know, for the next five years, which is a fun thing to, to consider as well. So it's a, and the pitching has been terrific, and it's the same way there. It's usually about a hundred fifty inning barometer to to get a good sense of where you are with your pitchers. So uh, I'm I'm perfectly happy with the progress we've made, but we still are very young, and and as a result, we're we're a little bit volatile, and we tend to go you know high and low. On that minor league side of things, Emerson Hancock he comes up to the Double A level, looks really good last night. Noel V. Marte is on fire this past week. What have you been seeing in your observations of those two, and what is it that they're going to need to work on as they, as we hope to see them continue to rise the ranks quickly? I guess those two specifically, and I could cite others in the system who were really excited about the progress they're making, but you know, Elvie, what he's doing at, at 19 years old is, is pretty awesome. You know, OPSing about 850 as a pro, it's it's been – Two seasons, really, his, his 17 and 19 year old seasons, really add up to to what appeared to be a special talent. And you know, he's uh, he's young, he's five tools. He, we think he's got the chance to stay at shortstop. If not, the bat's going to play big enough to move to other spots. You know, we're satisfied with where he is in his development, and we don't want to move him too quickly. And we don't need to now. We have players lined up, and, and just allow him to grow at his pace. In Emerson's case, he's the sixth pick in last year's draft, one of the top college pitchers in the country for his three years at Georgia. We've had starts and stops with him you know, this season as we try to build his workload after what, what equated to a missed year. And the biggest thing for Emerson is just pitching innings because what you saw last night in his double-A debut is that's how good he can be. It's, it's mid-upper 90s. It's sink. It's a good slider, a good change-up. It's a lot of strikes and a real polish to him. And I can say the same about George Kirby. And, and with both Kirby and Hancock, you know, these are guys that have thrown less than 100 professional innings, and they're already in double-A, which I think speaks to both their polish and, and their really their talent. They'll come quick. He is Jerry DePoto. He's the Mariners' general manager. Jerry, we always appreciate uh, your time and your insight. And, hey, we're looking forward to seeing the offense start to fire up and build on last night's win against the Rangers. I'll be right there with you. I'm looking forward to seeing that. (laughs) Thanks, Jerry. All right. Thanks, Jerry. That is Jerry DePoto.